So last month, uh, Pastor Nicole preached a beautiful sermon on Mother's Day about the history of Mother's Day. She taught us that it was created by a woman in 1908 um, to celebrate her mother, who was this powerful, nonviolent peacemaker during the Civil War and the Reconstruction period. Uh, she told us all about how this holiday was designed to celebrate the ferocity of women and uh, encourage men to just chill out for a little bit. And then it very quickly was taken over by Hallmark and the greeting card industry and became, went from this holiday of celebrating the ferocity of women to a holiday of saccharine sweet sentimentality. So much so that the founder spent the rest of her life trying to destroy the monster she created. She went to prison for it. So here we are on Father's Day. A day that in every conceivable way is the exact opposite of Mother's Day. It is a stubborn, silly, absurd little holiday, and I kind of love it. It is the little holiday that couldn't. Um, you see, shortly after Mother's Day took off, um, there was a woman named uh, Sonora Smart in um, Spokane, Washington, and she said, well, that's not fair. My mother died when I was a child. I never had, I never really knew my mother. My father, however, was a Civil War vet. He was a single father who raised six children, and he deserves some kind of credit, right? Hashtag, what about the men? So, so she organized this local event in Spokane in which she got every pastor of every church to preach a sermon about biblical fatherhood and calling on men to be responsible leaders in their households and celebrate dads. And it was a whole thing. And it was fun. It was fine. Became a Spokane tradition. But she wanted it to be bigger. She wanted all of Washington to celebrate it. She wanted the U.S. to celebrate it. But she found it very hard it just wouldn't stick. Generally speaking, the people pushing for Father's Day were the mothers, were the daughters, were the women who wanted to celebrate dad. But generally speaking, the dads in the early 1900s just wanted to be left alone. <laughs> like, I'm serious. They, they, just, they were like, don't make a big deal out of me. I just just let me mow the lawn in peace and maybe take a nap in my chair. And I just, I don't need anything. I don't want this to be a whole thing. Does this sound familiar to anyone today? And here's where it takes a hilarious twist, okay? Because um, Sonora Smart had a degree in advertising from, uh, from the Chicago School of Art or somewhere in there. And so she skipped the whole traditional holiday creation and then inevitable decline into capitalism. And she just went straight to the, to, the, uh, to the tie industry, the cigar industry, and the whiskey industry. And she pitched a holiday to them, which the men didn't want. Um, in order to uh, make it a thing to sell ties, cigars, and uh, whiskey. 
so all of these places jumped on board to create a holiday that men didn't want, to sell them things that they didn't need in a consumeristic way that the founder of Mother's Day literally went to prison over. <sighs> Which just makes Father's Day like the most American holiday, doesn't it? But from there on out into the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and onward, it just became this national joke that uh, the U.S. government tried to make it an official holiday in 1913, 1916, 1924, 1957, and 1966. But every single time it came before Congress, it literally got laughed at. Like, people laughed at it. They got to the microphone and they said, no, we don't want this holiday. This isn't a real holiday. We don't want it. Because, of course, Congress is all full of men at that time. And so even the advertisers in, throughout the 50s and 60s were showing these, uh, you know, take out these magazine uh, advertisements of fathers, like, holding up a tie they don't really want, going, oh, don't get your dad this one. Get your dad this one. And, like, the irony, right, of advertising uh, Father's Day that showed dads holding gifts that they don't want in a holiday that they don't care about. And it didn't become an official holiday in 1972 when Richard Nixon signed it into law. It took 62 years because the fathers of America, generally speaking, and it's just generalizations, of course, just wanted to do their work at home and at, I don't know, in the coal mines or wherever, and just not make a big fuss out of themselves. And I just love that so much because doesn't that just encapsulate the spirit of today? That spirit that says there is a job to be done and I'm just going to do the job and I don't, I don't need fanfare, I don't need a whole day to celebrate, just, I just got to get the job done, right? And that is not by any stretch of the imagination a fatherly trait, like an exclusively masculine fatherly trait by any stretch, um, which is why I want to celebrate that spirit today across everyone, um, everyone who is here, everyone in our community as well. The people in our community who see that there is work to be done and they just do the work. So in that spirit, I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine. His name is Joshua. He's been dead for 3,500 years, but he still feels like a close personal friend of mine. Uh, many people know Joshua just as the guy from the book of Joshua, um, killing all those people uh, um, in those very problematic ways in Jericho and other places. But I promise you there is so much more to him than those uncomfortable stories in the book named after him. Uh, and so to explain that, I kind of have to go back a little bit to his birth. Joshua was born enslaved um, to a, parents who were also enslaved and those parents had been born into slavery, into perpetual slavery in Egypt. And so he would have been out in the fields with his mother as an infant strapped to her back. That would have been the world he knew, the fields of Egypt. He was treated like cattle, but his spirit was strong. He came from a long line of people that believed truly that when you do the work of God, good things come from that. And so when Joshua was still a very young man, probably in his 
early teens, 12, 13 maybe, Moses led the Jewish people out of Egypt and into the wilderness. And when they led them out, Joshua was the first to enlist. I mean, there was work to do. Somebody had to do it. Why not be him? When the newly freed Israelites faced a battle that they weren't prepared for in the wilderness, Joshua stepped up and volunteered to lead a ragtag group of men to victory over the Amalekites. Another time, God called Moses to the top of the mountain to give him, you know, all the commandments and all that whatnot, and none of the Israelites there wanted to go up that mountain. They were terrified. In fact, when Moses came down, they wouldn't even look at him in the face. They were so terrified of the presence of God. But Joshua said, oh, I feel like you're going to need a hand up there. You're like 75 years old, going to climb a mountain. Somebody ought to go with him. Sure, I'll go stand in the presence of God, whatever. I love that kind of spirit. And when they crossed the Sinai Peninsula and reached the outskirts of Canaan, Moses sent 12 spies into the land to go check it out. Now, God had already promised them this land, so God had said, all you have to do is go there, and I'll I'll give it to you. I will give it to you. So they sent spies into the land, and 10 of those spies came back, and they said, "Uh uh-uh, this place is full of giants. They've got tons of weaponry. They've got fortified positions in giant cities. I mean, no. There's no way possible that we can do this. And Joshua was one of the two who came back and said, yeah, I mean, granted, there are giants in the land and they've got massive weapons and fortifications, but, you know, God said to do the thing. So I think we'll be fine. (laughs) I mean, come on. I love this guy. He's the best. Oh, God has a seemingly impossible job for me to do. Well, time's ticking. Better do it. And so because of that spirit, God allowed him and Caleb, his other spy, to be the only people from their generation to make it into the promised land. And then when he made it, his leader, his mentor, Moses, died, didn't make it into the promised land. And that brings us to our text today, where God says, all right, uh, Joshua, there's nobody left to rely on. You're the guy. It's you and me. You're going to lead the people now. But hey, be strong, be courageous, do not be terrified, I'll be with you everywhere you go. It's such a Joshua pep talk. I love it. It's just, I know you're going to do the thing anyway, but hey, while you're out there doing it, don't worry about it. I got you. Give it to me. So he goes, and he does, and God goes with him. When God said, I'll deliver Jericho to you, but first you have to do this weird thing and have a parade around it a bunch of times and, you know, play your saxophone. He did it, and the walls came down, as it says. When God told him to go boldly into battle against an alliance of five different kings, Joshua just did it. And the text says that God killed more soldiers with hailstones than the Israelites did with their swords. Every single story of Joshua in Scripture affirms that he was a man who saw a job that had to get done, and he just did the job without a whole lot of hesitation or fanfare. He just did the thing. Aaron and Moses did all the talking. Joshua just did all the doing. Now, don't get me wrong. We need talkers. We need thinkers. We need people who can dream up a better world and who can communicate that ideal, but without doers... What's the point? 
At that point, we're just at thoughts and prayers that end there. And I need to be reminded of this personally because I'm a talker. I'm a thinker. I'm a planner. I'm a dreamer. And I tend to get stuck in those places until somebody who's a doer reminds me, oh, hey, are we going to actually do something with this or, or no? We're just going to talk about it. I'm reminded of a time in my early 20s. Um, my roommate, one of my roommates got a phone call just shortly before church that his grandfather died um, out in Colorado. And we were all very poor at that time. And he was really upset. He was very close with his grandfather. And he knew that he didn't have the money to get a plane ticket to fly out to Colorado in two days. And he was going to have to miss the funeral and not see his family and... And he was just kind of bummed out. And so we all did that thing that you do with your close friends, right? We gave him a hug. We expressed our sympathy. We said, we're so sorry. We said, if there's anything that we can do for you, let us know. That thing that we all say but have no intention of ever doing. Yeah. However, our other roommate, who was a doer, um, went around the church service once it started, talked to everyone he could, collected money, and then had bought a plane ticket by the end of the service. I, and I have seen that spirit, friends, that spirit of doers, alive and well in this community. And you have been such an encouragement and motivating force for me and for so many in this borough. You have been such a testimony, a testament to the power of God and of faith and of stepping out and just doing a thing. But I wonder if we can take that to the next step. Can we dream impossible dreams like Joshua? Can we reject the doom and the gloom and the cynicism that has grown on our hearts like barnacles? Can we affirm that the God of impossible things is right here in our midst? The same God that was with Joshua is with us in our midst. And I wonder if you have something on your heart, an outreach, an idea, um, an unreached group of people that you feel passionate about, that might be because God wants you to do something about that. Not some committee or some nonprofit or some government agency or some representative or someone else, but you. Not somebody who's more qualified, <laughs> but you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. Do not be terrified, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So we have a few minutes. I wonder if anything is stirring up inside of anyone that they'd want to share um, before we move on. <laughs> she said, does that mean we then have to go do it? Well, I have something new I'm going to be doing. Uh, uh, there's a little catch to it, though. I, twice a week, I do my own Tai Chi at home. And it takes me five minutes. But I miss being with people. I love being with this group, and, and that's why I'm here just about every Sunday. But this way, I'll get to be with some other people when I do 
my chai chi, and uh, it's for free, and it'll be uh, slow and easy, and uh, it, that's my work at this stage. <laughs> so you're going to teach it? You're going to teach it? Yeah, I'm going to teach it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'll, it'll it'll stretch out to about a, maybe a half hour because we have warm-ups. Uh, I'm going to be talking here and there. We're going to do one position seated, the, the same position seated up. I'm going to answer questions uh, that anybody has. And if anybody has an ache or a pain here and there, by the way, the same thing here. Uh, since I'm a, 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 a retired, licensed, uh, massage therapists, I'll show people how they can massage themselves according to my book, Self Massage Plus, Caring for Your Aching Muscles and More, which doesn't seem to be selling in the United States, but in Korea and China <laughs> and Italy. That's interesting. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> connecting the embodied worship to what you talked about. So I feel like that idea of like people who just, I just want to show up and I just want to do the work. I feel like most people, there are a lot of people who have that mindset, but still at the same time will feel overlooked or there's still a need for validation or something, but not necessarily, please don't make a big fanfare out of it, but people still want to know that someone noticed what they so Yeah, exactly, which is why I feel like personally, like that whole idea of God sees or God's with, it, it helps to circumvent the, the almost, it, it, if you start trying to seek out validation or, or it's about other people seeing that you're a doer or other people, whatever, <laughs> if you, if you go down that path, it's insatiable. Um, but if it's grounded in something deeper, like God seeing, and God God being with, and God going before, and almost that that's an almost constant and much more, um, I don't know, it's like a much more grounded way to get that validation. Because I do feel like doers, yes, they just want to get the work done, but it's not just that. Like, I do feel like there's often a deeper need for Somebody somebody say a simple thank you. Yeah, that yes, and, and yet and that sometimes that, that lasts for like five minutes of feel good, but it's otherwise it's, it's deeper. It's called narcissism. <laughs> you know, if, if, you, if you yeah, I I know people are really off, off the wall, but they love doing things for me. <laughs> and uh, someone told me I don't know if it was here or where, but that, that that's narcissism. Yeah. Do you think that maybe it's like I wonder, I want to be a doer, but I want it to mean something. Mm -hmm. And so the meaning and the validation can often be yes. like. Yes, you want to know it matters. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like if, it, if you've got that sense, I don't know, that has to come, like I feel like it's best if that comes from someplace deeper than does it matter to other people. Because that's yeah. fleeting. Yes. Sometimes it does, sometimes they see, sometimes they don't. Uh, and there's, I don't know, there's something deeper about it. If, if, if it's a matter of, is this what God's calling you to, or is this the right, like, I mean, you could ground it in, in the morality side, the spirituality side, however you want to look at that, but that's, 
Yeah, I think people want to know that it, it really, at the end of the day, it is meaningful. Yeah. Well, you know, when Deb Moyer was here last week, and I shared with her the fact that she had changed my faith journey. Mm -hmm. The thing she said to me, which struck me, it just was almost like a physical blow. She said, you have no idea how much it means to me to hear that, because she said, I thought all those years that I was in ministry had been wasted. So she never got that, and that was just, he just, it, telling her what I felt had happened, but sometimes it does come around because she didn't she didn't go into ministry to get that back. But sometimes knowing that it made a difference is is important. One of the most helpful insights to me from the um, the five love languages book is that the way that you most naturally express love is also the way that you are most vulnerable to be hurt. So the kind of person who does things for people to show their love, when that person doesn't, when, when that person feels that people are not reciprocating that, um, that's when they get the most wounded. And they, you start hearing, I'm being taken advantage of, um, people don't see me, people don't know me, um, you know. Just like the kind of person who uh, really loves to tell everyone verbally how, how, how much they love them. When they don't receive that, they feel unseen, unloved. Yeah. Zero, but maybe three. Because we only had one bus. 
19, 20 people that we had on there. And um, I think we just have to keep that momentum going. You know what I mean? Like we, we have to just got to keep that energy going and get that next step up. We have to take another step up. sure you thank a doer today. Mm -hmm. um, tell them how much you appreciate their doing and uh, use them as a uh, motivating force if you are the kind of person who does a lot of thinking and dreaming uh, but not a whole lot of doing that uh, oh, I'm trying to phrase that right um, there's a lesson I learned when it comes to creating things, that there's a vulnerability in, in, in doing because um, it's perfect when it's up here and it's messy and flawed when you actually do the thing. But that's the, the beauty and power of the word made flesh as well, is that it actually has legs at that point. So may your dreams have legs. <laughs> Let us pray. <laughs> 